When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Hope you're doing all right. Hope you're getting your fill of football with all the class championships down at Memorial Stadium. And uh, man, what a class A finale last night. We'll spend time on it. Mitch Sherman going to join us from the athletics, some Husker football, some local area uh, talent to talk about as well uh, when it comes to the, the showcase that was uh, Westside and Gretna. So Mitch with us this hour. Next hour, we'll uh, talk a little basketball, Nebraska and Creighton with Andy Markowski and Jacob Padilla. And uh, Jacob, of course, also on the scene for high school football as well with Hale Varsity. And then Quentin Newsom, a sit down with Quentin. We'll talk Nebraska-Iowa with him. And uh, talk some Thanksgiving Day yays and nays for Quentin. Uh, can get in with, with us today here on Hale Varsity Radio. Numbers to dial up at 466-3776-4667-76-80-825-5865, where you hear us across the Hale Varsity Radio Network. You can email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com, and you're welcome to watch us, stream us. All that good stuff on a couple of different Twitter outlets at uh, Hale Varsity Radio, at H Varsity Radio is the Twitter handle for that, at ESPN Lincoln on Twitter, and then Facebook. We're streaming on Facebook with ESPN Lincoln's Facebook page. So watch the show there, can dial up, can email, all that good stuff. Well, here's how the finish sounded last night. This was Nebraska Public Media. Uh, the great Larry Putney with the winner, the call, and uh, man, what a shootout it was at Memorial Stadium. No field goal kicker has ever had five field goals in a game. This one from 45 yards out, Tristan Alvano to win it. Alvano got it. it. Wow, what a finish. Alvano wins it for Westside. He bleepin' drilled it, and he drilled it five times over. And uh, Mickey Joseph on the horn with him this morning around 5 a.m. with an offer. Elvano got a Husker offer. Of course, Iowa and Iowa State been on him. And uh, that's a bit of a theme today is in-state talent, in-state prospects, in-state going elsewhere. Because it's been that way, the... uh, the gates to Nebraska have been open for a while because of all the film that's accessible, that's available, and you have in-state talent from 
all regions of the border that are going and have gone. Not all, but but some have gone elsewhere. Typically, it's been an Iowa coup, right? But you have Zane Flores that's uh, headed to Oklahoma State. I don't know how many texts or calls I got from from some of the football dads that uh, that have kids playing around town the last 24 hours, watching last night or reflecting today, and it's the same thing. Why the hell's the Gretna kid not going to Lincoln? And like, well, that's a very good question. Here's my thought. Uh, misevaluation with the last staff and misevaluation uh, with this staff, not named Mickey. Okay? And there you go. Now, is the door shut and locked on Flores if you're Nebraska? Depends who comes in. Uh, I'm pretty confident that Mickey reached out once he assumed power to Flores at Gretna. Mickey gets it. You want proof of that? Here's Mickey Joseph uh, from his press conference today, not specifically talking about kids and recruiting violations yes yeah, i was just gonna go there you can't talk about the kids individually no but and, he, and he sidestepped the violation by not offering uh, alvano last night too i tweeted that last night if he would have offered alvano last night recruiting violation he waited until as you said like 6 a.m this yes, morning first five, thing right first thing yeah, yeah wait but but mickey did answer the question about all right what's what's the next staff gotta do whether it's you or somebody else when it comes to in-state recruiting. And let me say this, and I know we're big Steve Warren guys. We're big Warren Academy guys, okay? But Steve's had so many dudes that, that, he's, that he's trained and that his staff have trained, and they've got the right dudes there. That, that This isn't a paid advertisement. I'm looking at the kids that have gone and, and done extra, Right? They've done the extra, and they've done the extra since junior high age because they love the sport. And it's no coincidence that a number of the kids that that do the extra, and it happens to be with Steve Warren, they go play ball at Power 5 schools. Unsolicited. If junior didn't have two left feet, I'd ship him on a bus to Steve Warren, <laughs> make a football player out of him. I mean, even even Alvano last night, he's going off to the Coles kicking camps every single uh-huh. year, making it better for himself. And that's not easy for a kicker. It's not like there's many kicking camps around. You got to travel around that's, and go that's get yourself the, that's seen. The, that's the camp you go to. And the result is, I mean, you get a guy like Chris Brown, Husker legend. He hopped on Twitter last night and said. Whoever offers Tristan Alvano a scholarship, who we now know to be Nebraska, Mm -hmm. will be getting the best high school kicker in the country. That's from Chris Brown, Husker legend, NFL legend. Uh I mean, two two decades in the NFL, great kicker here in Lincoln, never came down to a a buzzer beater for him during his time here because they were up by 40. But he hit some pressure kicks. We all think of Alex Henry, Mm -hmm. right? And while it wasn't a a 59-yard bomb, um, you've got a – you got to kick a 45-yarder. And granted, the conditions were good. But, brother, that stage is nuts. Think about your heart rate. Cool, cool as a cucumber five times over. Think about that. I mean, in a ball game that's 43-41 where you're up uh, by double digits and then Gretna comes storming back to take the lead. 
and then you get the ball one last time, and we, we can't not mention Anthony Rezac because he kicked butt and took names last night as well. Westside's quarterback was fantastic, 337 yards throwing, 83 on the ground. And come on, give some credit to the Westside offensive line as well. They were opening up holes all night. <laughs> yes, they were. Well, but both, both teams were just spectacular offensively, and that's not a knock defensively. It's just how good the offenses were. Caleb Benning, man, good for that kid. Coming back from injury, jacked his collarbone, made it back for the state championship game, had 100 yards receiving, which was big, but also the two interceptions he had. Both those turnovers turned into 10 points. Mm-hmm. You and I, I can even do that math. I take 10 away from 43, you lose. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Simple as that. But I, I got off topic here for a second. Mickey Joseph on in-state talent. I think when you when you look at the kid and you, you know he's a no-brainer, don't dance around it and pull the trigger on it and keep him here and make sure that you keep all the good players here in the state of Nebraska. Thank you. Easier easier said than done. Easier said than done well, in today's in today's era because of technology where Gundy and the mullet can come in and, and get Zane. Totally get it. And but you have other area kids. Cole Payton is doing good things. Max Duggan finally got dusted off at TCU. Council Bluffs kid. At Walters from East last year. Uh, yeah, and I know he's doing well at North Alabama. But I loved watching Walters play. I mean, you've had some good quarterbacks, but that's just been the response today. A wow. Thank you for a great ball game in 2022 in Memorial Stadium. It's one I'll never forget. Two. Uh, you have these these two heavyweights that, that kept going at it. Three from a Lincoln perspective, uh, you had Southeast and Southwest leading both of these teams in the earlier rounds of the playoffs and just couldn't couldn't hang on. Gretna had to make a stand inside their own ten against Southeast. Mm-hmm. That was a, a damn good game. And then you covered the Southwest game, did you not? I d- I did not. Mozi had Mozi, that one. Okay. Mozi had that one, but you had you had Southwest that was. I think leading at half. What a great ball game by Southwest to go on the road and and have the lead there. But just just too much West Side, too much Gretna. They met to, again. Speaks to the greatness of these teams, like in the the greatness of the athletes. You listed off uh, some of the key contributors last night, from Rezac uh, to Benning for West Side, and let's not forget Alvano. And that was one of the most impressive performances I've seen in a state title game regardless of position. I know he's at the kicker position, but holy cow, let's not forget the fact that goalposts at Memorial Stadium are skinnier than the high school fields mm-hmm. around the state. They're using college uprights, and he drilled those things five for five, made it look routine. Like, whenever you're in a high-pressure moment like that at the end of the game, you have to turn back to what your habits are, what your routines are, and he drilled that thing right down the middle, had 10 yards to spare. That thing was eight rows up in Memorial Stadium. He hit one from 50, which also had another 10 yards to spare. The dude was drilling them. That was the most impressive performance I have seen in a long time from a high schooler and kind of reinforces that Nebraska has been that that pipeline for kickers to the NFL when you look back at recent history from Chris Brown to Alex Henry to Brett Maher to mm-hmm. um, Greg Deleg Zerline. Like, look at all these Nebraska kids that have gone on and made a killing as an NFL career as a kicker. And then you look at Alvano, and he just looks like the next in line to be doing that. That kid is phenomenal. Well, but then on the other side, um, what a phenomenal game from Zane Flores. I know he had the two picks, but at some point when you're airing it out, I guess three picks because he had that one uh, 
second to last drive of the game or third to last drive of the game, which was, ended up being more of an arm punt. But mm-hmm. I digress. Whenever you're airing the ball up that much in a state title game and you're playing from behind, you're pressing a little bit. That's a little bit expected, especially with the great athletes that Westside had. But he still put together a phenomenal performance. And what jumps off the page about him is just that natural arm talent. Mm-hmm. They're not always on the money, but he makes it look effortless to throw the ball 50 yards. He's he's big time player. So, uh, you know, the the theme is keeping kids home and uh, Mickey gets it. Mickey uh, was able to get the Malachi Coleman commitment. You've got um, Goldman also from Gretna. But, you know, we'll talk to Mitch Sherman uh, about Flores, the Gretna program and and also Nebraska, Iowa. But that's on our minds today with. Uh, the the riches of talent for Class A and that to, let's not forget B's been a, a great uh, level of of high school football in the state for a long time. You're going to get a really good B final again tonight. I'm oh, looking forward to it. So that's big. And then even you know C one and you go down the list to six man, eight man. I mean that stuff is is great football. Wonderful coaches, incredible families and kids. So. Great showcase here last night and tonight at Memorial Stadium. Who's with us? One of our favorites. I got my finger hovering over our delay dump button. It's F-Bomb Brian. F-Bomb Brian returns. F-Bomb Brian, how are you? Are you censoring me? We're censoring we're, everybody. We're prepared to. Uh, <laughs> not yet. All right, all right. I, I get it. I understand. Anyway. <laughs> it's not so. you. Uh, blame a former Nebraska offensive lineman, but I, but I digress. Well, you know, I wish, wish we could get a coach that would bring back that mentality of our – Former offensive lineman. Okay. Uh, I honestly think that we need to pray to the football gods and maybe sacrifice the the Hawkeye mascot. <laughs> and uh, let's 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 copy what everybody else in the West seems to be doing. Let's let's you know let's play Big Ten football. Yeah, that was it's great. Well, let's do the spread. No, that doesn't work, dude. In the in the Big Ten, especially in November, obviously. So. Let's stop playing games, and let's let's play the games. So run the football, stop the run. Run the damn ball. There we go. There's a T-shirt. Bomb Brian, you have a good Thanksgiving, brother. Hey, you too. And uh, turkey is trash. Let's go prime rib or brisket. <laughs> you are. I'm so tired of it. Yes, the first, no matter how you make it, yes, the first first serving is great. It's juicy. It's delicious. And then it sucks. See the turkey. I always go turkey breast, and it's it's smoke injected, so yes. it's it, it's phenomenal. But I get you. We did prime rib and short ribs two Thanksgivings ago. Yeah, this year we're doing brisket, and then Christmas I'm going to smoke a prime rib. Do it. So. That's the way to go. Hey, there's there's the uh, the the audible from the turkey is alive and well, Brian. Yes, sir. All right, we'll talk to you later. So I didn't yeah. drop any headphones, right? You, you didn't, and uh, we're going to hang up and say goodbye. <laughs> it's cause... a low bar, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Take All care, right, Brian. Bye. See ya. There he is, uh, F-bomb Brian. And what I'll say, to he, his point he about earned Turkey. that nickname. I was not here, so uh, I'll, maybe, we'll, five, talk, maybe five, we'll talk during the break. <laughs> five years ago, he earned that nickname. <laughs> we'll talk during the break. But what I'll say about the Turkey, to his point about the Turkey, and we're, we're encroaching upon Thanksgiving, just don't touch the white meat on Thanksgiving Day. Cook yourself up a whole bird. Stick to the dark meat on Thanksgiving Day. Throw that white meat in the fridge. I know. Stick with me. You're going to say, well, it's dry. It's gross. Wrong. Put it on sandwiches. You put it on sandwiches and you can use it like a deli meat. Cut it thin. Stack it up with a little mayo, a little mustard on a sandwich. And it is phenomenal because it it stays uh, 
edible while cold. Once mm-hmm. you heat it up, it's going to dry out and it's going to turn into the Sahara Desert. Sure. Keep it cold out of the fridge after Thanksgiving. Put it on sandwiches. Thank me later. It's the best way to do turkey. You got to go bone in ham, too. Uh, no. Yeah. Bone no. in ham's fantastic. Well, I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not a huge fan of the, the hams for both Christmas and Thanksgiving. I think ham is very overrated. Dude, you haven't had the right ham. It's possible. I'm, I'll stick with the turkey on Thanksgiving and give me a prime rib on Christmas. The, the secret is smoking it. The turkey? Yes. 100%. 100%. Throw it on your Traeger, throw it on your egg, throw it on whatever you like to smoke, and you go that way. The, the best way to do it is to invite your brother-in-law, Uncle Andy, over. Have him bring his bottle of Crown, and you let that thing just smoke for about eight hours. Yeah, I'll let my dad handle the, you the get smoked, smoked turkey. The turkey gets smoked. My, that's a good way to put it. Wow. My, my dad's going to smoke up a phenomenal turkey on Thanksgiving. I am confident in that. I'm still trying to figure out what side dish I'm going to bring along with me. The mac and the cheese mac is a great cheese. option. But, like, what else? I don't think anyone's bringing a green bean casserole. I might have to make a green bean See, casserole. See, people are out on green bean casserole. It's, it's, it's the best side there is. It's better than potatoes. It's better than funeral potatoes. It's better than... What about stuffing? Yeah, it's absolutely better than stuffing. Maybe I haven't had the right stuffing. I like stuffing and potatoes on Thanksgiving. Mitch Sherman will settle this turkey debate and dive into some local recruiting. Hail Varsity continues presented by Currency. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hail Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for 10 dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code gbr and now and now back to hail varsity radio back with you it's hail varsity presented by currency christian elijah herbal and uh, we'll hear from quentin newsome our sit down with him in a little more than an hour we say hi to mitch sherman from the athletic at mitch sherman on Twitter, Mitch will get into some uh, Thanksgiving food takes in a moment. I want to focus in on the A final last night. Your reaction to a classic between Westside and Gretna? Yeah, it was a great game, first of all. Um, just a, you know, knock, knock them down, drag them out, incredible football game, and to have it on that stage. I thought I saw, and I probably did, they'll see the best game of the year in person when Gretna played Bellevue West the first time and the Dragons came back from four scores down with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter and won that game in regulation. But last night, with everything that was at stake and an increased level of competition on the opposite side of the field for Gretna, I think the fact that Zane Flores and his team were in that game and ahead in the final seconds was even more impressive to do that at Memorial Stadium with the state championship on the line than what they pulled off a few weeks ago at home against Bellevue West. And this time they they fell short because Westside is a more well-rounded team. And Westside had a special teams edge that was dominant in that game. Mm-hmm. Westside uh, won the turnover battle 3-0. to zero. Um, You put those two things together – and you'd have thought that was a 20-point game. Time of possession was like 30-17 to 17 in favor of Westside. So 
fact that it was a one-point game with Gretna up in the final seconds is, is a testament to uh, to Zane Flores and, and those guys around him who are, are a bunch of overachievers. Uh, Mason Goldman, who has a Nebraska mm-hmm. offer, is, is maybe not an overachiever. He's a high-talent guy. But uh, uh, Zane and, and, and Mason um, really carried that team through the year. You know, obviously I'm – here in Gretna and, and know those guys uh, and their families and uh, you know it's tough on this day uh, after that that uh, was the final game ever for, for Gretna as a one high school town but um, they definitely made um, some people proud a lot of people proud and, and hats off to um, to Anthony Rizak mm-hmm. and Caleb Benning and Tristan Alvano with five field goals um, incredible to, to go out and perform and hit that 45-yarder with the state championship on the line. So just a ton of great football, and, you know, it's awesome to see in the state of Nebraska. Mitch Sherman is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Mitch, of course, with The Athletic, at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Let's talk about Flores and, you know, just some of the, the, the football dads and just other high school parents. The, 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 the common question today or last night, if you're getting text messages or you bump into somebody and you've seen it on social media and it's not, you know, how's Zane going to Okie State? It's, well, Okie State saw an incredible talent, but the refrain's been, how's this kid getting out of Nebraska? And it's not uncommon to have uh, high talent guys leave the state. It's more common the last five years. But uh, Mitch, re- reset the recruiting process on Zane just uh, from – when he was a young puppet, Gretna, to, to just what he showed last night and, and kind of his process with where Okie State came in? Well, he's a four-year starter, and Gretna's a 50-year Class A program. So he dragged these guys up from the bottom of the barrel at Class A as a good Class B program that had never won a state championship in Class, class B to the top of Class A, to a team that, that, that won the championship game later to have it taken away because of an ineligible player a year ago at Memorial Stadium um, to, to this dominant, um, dominant team that we saw last night. It was, Gretna was undefeated going in, and, and you know, Zane is largely the reason why that Gretna has lost up until yesterday one game in the past two seasons. So his recruiting um, was a little bit of a mystery. Um, you know, I, I think people who watched him regularly – myself included, felt like he was uh, not just a Division One quarterback, but a Power Five level quarterback uh, from the time that he was maybe midway through his sophomore year. And at the end of his junior year, a year ago right now, or, or the one-year anniversary, I believe, today of the state championship last year, he did not have an offer. And you know, some of that was because of the COVID year where in 2020, um, where recruiting slowed down and, and coaches didn't get on the road and, and players didn't come, come in on visits. That was his sophomore season. So I think things were delayed a bit. On that, they didn't have the, the the showcases in the summer as as readily available this after his sophomore year. But um, you know, it took off in February, and Bowling Green was the first to offer, and then Kansas State offered, and, and soon he had offers from every Power Five conference. And, and you know, Oklahoma State was uh, was the one that resonated most with him. And you know, it, it's it's of course the the hot topic here in in Lincoln and Omaha that he didn't get an offer from Nebraska, and, and you know, that's uh, a mistake that Nebraska made. I think it's fairly clear at this point, but uh, Nebraska had a new offensive coordinator and a head coach who, who, didn't, um, who wasn't buying into Zane, and 
Uh, they picked uh, a guy that, that Mark Whipple was familiar with in, in Massachusetts. And nothing against Will Watson. He may go and, and be a great quarterback somewhere. It may not be in Nebraska because Mark Whipple's in all likelihood has, has one game left on the Nebraska sideline well, or in the, in the booth as it, as it is um, with, with Whipple right now because of the, uh, the injured leg. But um, likely they're going to strike out on both of them. And, uh, you know, we don't know that. I uh, hope Will Watson comes here. But the reason he's committed is, is because of, of Mark Whipple. So there's going to be some, some interesting times ahead with, um, with that quarterback picture for Nebraska and who its, its 2023 signee is. If there's a class of 2023 signee, it may be back to the portal for the new coach. But um, it's a shame that, that, uh, that Zane Flores is not, not that guy who's going to be a freshman uh, at Nebraska next year. But, but, but also, good for him mm-hmm. that, he's, that he's done what he's done and that he's going to Oklahoma State in a very stable program that Mike Gundy runs. You mentioned it, stable program. Nebraska has not been stable with record or coaching change. That said, did, did Zane grow up a Nebraska fan? There's a lot of kids that they'll go, but they're not like you and I grew up, Mitch, going and seeing Nebraska at their peak. I think that's safe to say. Um, I haven't talked to Zane specifically about who he cheered for as a kid, but, but – um, and he was looking for a Nebraska offer. When, when, we've, when I've talked to him and we've talked about Nebraska, it's, it's just been about the fact that he wasn't hearing from them. And this was last winter. And, you know, once Zane committed to Oklahoma State, um, you know, I, I wasn't and, – and I didn't talk to him a few times uh, at a camp this summer. Um, I wasn't asking him about Nebraska. Uh, they were out of the picture at that point. But, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he grew up here and, and – uh, has an older brother who played small college ball in, in Iowa, and a dad, his dad, I believe, played at, at UNO. Um, so they're a Nebraska family for sure, and, and that offer would have meant a lot to them. Mitch Sherman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Mitch, I want to talk about the hero from last night, Tristan Alvano. You briefly mentioned him off the top, but does he not just feel like the next in a long line of, of great kickers to come from the state of Nebraska? Yeah, he does, and he, look, he looks like a great college kicker. He didn't look like a great high school kicker out there last night. He looked like mm-hmm. a great college <laughs> kicker. I mean, splitting the uprights, kicking a 50-yarder and a couple from, from beyond 40, and the, the clutch kick at the end, yeah, that was like Justin Tucker kind of stuff that, that Tristan Alvano was doing. Well, Did, and, he, did and, you uh, ever think he was going to miss the game winner? Whenever he walked up there, it just felt no. like it was done and dusted. It felt like he was going to knock that thing through. No, no, and I know the Gretna people were wishing that, like a, 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 a some kind of a, a cold front or a you know forty mile an hour wind <laughs> would, have, would have burst through the stadium, right as as the West Side lined up for that that game winner, but that was not to be, and and, and it was it was uh, it's like a chip shot for him. So it seemed in in that situation, he was money. He had ice in his veins, and he was he was uh, he was amazing and deserved the uh, offer, the full ride offer that he got from Nebraska this morning. With, uh, with Mickey Joseph reaching out. Mitch, a couple of minutes here before we uh, say goodbye. A thought on Nebraska-Iowa as uh, Nebraska heads into Black Friday trying to snap a, a losing streak. Yeah, Nebraska's playing Friday. Forget that uh, sometimes. <laughs> Game 12, um, Nebraska's 3-8. and eight. It's time to shut this thing down. Um, the, you know, the players... Uh, obviously uh, are not looking at it that way and you know they've got they've got a lot of pride and they want to spoil things for Iowa and that's what they are right now Nebraska's been reduced to, to, to be a spoiler and to keep Iowa out of the the Big Ten championship game against the, Minnesota, the Michigan uh, Ohio State winner so 
it's um, there, are, there are a lot of individual guys, and we heard from some of them today at the press conference, who are, are admirable and have, are, are good leaders and have dealt with a lot of junk through, through this season and in some cases through their entire careers, guys who have been at Nebraska for a, a long time. We heard from Caleb Tanner today. And, you know, he's, he's going to set a record for a number of games played in by a Nebraska player. And, and heard from Casey Thompson, who, who has been through the grind this season in his one year at Nebraska, probably feels like a, a career. Um, but, you know, they've, they've really kept a, kept a good attitude out, outwardly, and I think inwardly too, and, and have kept this team from splintering. So uh, good for them. And, um, you know, hope they, I think they'll represent well again on, on, uh, on Friday in Iowa City. But, um, you know, this season is, is, uh, is about over, um, and, and it's mercifully about over for Nebraska because finally uh, after 11 weeks we're going to get some answers uh, when this season is over about who the next coach is and Nebraska desperately needs to to move forward with that with that guy. Mitch, we're short on time here. We have to get to your thoughts on some Thanksgiving uh, food items, but quickly... ask him about coaches. <laughs> we, we could do that too, but I want to first ask, are you liking the under for Friday? What's the number? Uh, it's in the 30s. Last I checked, I want me to—I'll pull it up and uh, get you the most up. Yeah, I mean, here. you know, last week I, uh, it's at 38 and a half. Oh yeah, last week I, I noted that anybody who was playing in the in the Big Ten West or in the Big 12 North, you know, north of the of the Nebraska Kansas border, those games were going under. And I, and I think between Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa State, Texas Tech. Um, it was it was a clean sweep. So usually I don't think it's a good idea to listen to me on that kind of stuff. But I hope some people did uh, when I tweeted that about the under number uh, at at, at uh, around kickoff on Saturday. I, I that was a weather thing for sure, and and it was cold and and some places snowing. And I, I don't that doesn't appear to be the case this this Saturday. So I don't think it's going to be like an across the board kind of day where every game is going to be low scoring in this part of the country, but. Nebraska-Iowa, you know, has that feel to it. Nebraska's going to struggle to score against that Iowa defense. Everybody except Ohio State struggles to score against that, that Iowa defense. And, and, you know, the only the only kind of fly in the ointment on that one is, is probably the, the Iowa defense again itself, and, and they can put up points. Um, you know, Jack Campbell is a threat as, as much or more than anybody on the Iowa offense to score a touchdown when he's out there on defense. So if Iowa starts piling up defensive touchdowns or special teams – big plays then you know they may they may get to that that 38 and a half mitch i need two minutes on the other side can i borrow you yeah you bet sure All right, there is mitch sherman more to come on ale varsity chime in 402-466 espn or email the show chris at hailvarsity.com just try me try me back to hail varsity radio Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio, and Mitch Sherman still with us here on a Tuesday. And he's always put on the spot from time to time. Hey, can we get two more minutes? He's too kind to say, no, I've given you 10 minutes of my life. I'll never get back. So, Mitch, thanks for hanging in. Uh, two wild card names I want to throw out, get your reaction. And, you know, you can ask me if I need to be drug tested or not. But Luke Fickle or Kalen DeBoer? What do those two names do for you in reference to Nebraska? 
Well, I have I have different reactions to those two names. Um, it's not I don't put them in the same basket. Kalen DeBoer, forget it. It's not coming. Not interested. <laughs> you know, I know he's from this part of the country. Doesn't want the job. Um, I don't know how I can be any more clear. That's from a person that, who's who's close to him, um, who was in Seattle with him on Saturday to watch the Huskies play Colorado. He's he was not on a plane to Lincoln. He's not interested in the job. They're not talking to him. He doesn't want it. Okay. Um, That's what they all say. When they bring him out for the press conference. And, <laughs> we, but, will, uh, we will lose this part of the tape. <laughs> that, right. That's going to be on old takes exposed right there. Um, <laughs> Fickle. I think I'm mildly interested. I think there's a little bit of something there. Um, he's playing Friday. Um, not that that matters uh, to the to the uh, to the search or to his desirability, um, you know, his attractiveness to Nebraska. But you know, he would be available on Saturday if if there's going to be an announcement Saturday. Just so if you hear about an announcement coming Saturday, you know, he's one of the guys that would still be in play along with somebody like Matt Rule, who's, who doesn't have a job right now. It would take people out of play like Chris Kleiman and Lance Leipold, who are coaching against each other on Saturday, but. Uh, I, I don't think so, but I, I, you know, I do think that that it's interesting. Um, the thought for a long time with Luke Sickle, and it still is, is that he's holding out for the Ohio State job. And if Ryan Day goes to the NFL, then Luke Sickle can jump right back into Columbus, and and it'll be seamless. He's already in that state. That's where he wants to be. That's where he wants to coach. And and that wouldn't change if he if he went somewhere like Nebraska. He'd still be next in line or, or close to it at Ohio State as long as things were going well at his current stop, which is why I think he's unlikely to make that kind of a move because he's he's got a good thing going at Cincinnati. And going into the Big 12, they should still be a good program. I, mean, I don't know that they're going to be a college football playoff program like he had with them last year. Um, and maybe there's some concern there about Cincinnati's ability to compete as it goes up a conference. Um, but there's concern about Nebraska's ability to compete in the Big 10, as we've seen for the last six years or more. You know, you could say the entire time that the Huskers have been in the Big Ten. I, I'm not I'm not throwing that out. Mm-hmm. I think it's a long shot, um, but I but I will throw out Kalen. I, I will toss Kalen DeBoer out as a as a possibility. Mitch, what's your read from behind the scenes? Do you think this is a, a done deal or close to being finalized and just waiting to be announced? Do you think there's still moving parts going on behind the scenes? I know that's a loaded question, but it just feels like some of those rumor mill type things, flight tracker guys on Twitter, have started to quiet down over the past couple of days. Do you think that's because they're in wait and see mode, or do you think there's something that might be done behind the scenes and now we're just waiting for an announcement? Well, I don't think the flight tracker guys and the rumor mill guys on Twitter know what's going on. Um, I <laughs> That's think, a great point. <laughs> um, you know, there are, there are a select few number of people who know what's going on, and that group has has gotten more quiet over the last few days, too. And I'm not sure how to interpret it. Um, I don't think it's entirely done. I, I guess I'm going to kind of answer that both ways and say that I think there are still some moving parts and I also think it's just about done. So something could could fall through or par, fall apart at the 11th hour, and, and I think Trev Alberts is, is prepared for that. Um, so that's why they're still moving parts. So he's got options. Um, but I do think that he's closer now than he has been at any point in the last 72 days uh, to having his man. Um, 
can't say that for certain. That's more just kind of reading the tea leaves and, and getting a sense uh, from how I feel about about the, the way that the level of noise has been from the people who are actually in the know, but it has uh, it has gotten quieter. I will definitely agree with you there on that one, Elijah. Mitch, what are you punting from Thanksgiving Day dinner? Oh, you're making me kick something off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was thinking about this during the commercial, and I wanted to say that I don't. I just eat what's put in front of me because I'm lucky enough to have usually have people cook it for me while I sit back and watch football. Same. So I'm. So so I I eat it all. Um, you know, I'm not like a big fan of hmm, like the ve- if there's vegetables that show up on my plate. <laughs> um, not really. I mean, sweet potatoes. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Rock. I, I kind of like it all. I mean, turkey and gravy and stuffing and cranberries. You know, just give it to me all, and I'll just like mush it all together on my plate and and eat it. So that's appetizing, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know what I'm what I'm kicking off my plate. Probably like if somehow some some broccoli or something got on there. That's not really a Thanksgiving food. So I might take my roll and like and throw it across the room just because it's. Uh, it doesn't. It, it doesn't do anything for me. You know, I don't. Yeah, just, I don't yeah, need get, that taking up space. Yeah, I get the King's Hawaiian, then you dip it in the gravy. They're good. I know it's good, but it's just taking up unnecessary space. Mm. Okay, fair. Need a bread plate, Mitch. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, bud. We'll see you in Iowa City. Thanks, you guys too. All right, there he is, Mitch Sherman. Nice of him. <laughs> he is. Uh, th- that is your definitive. Uh, do not go to, uh, to to Washington looking for a yes emphatic mm-hmm. mitch sounded annoyed we brought his name up which is all good i don't know we got uh we got a, a few listeners that have been on the kellen DeBoer train so think, sorry sorry to burst your bubble with that i, I guess. think kellen DeBoer is an incredible coach i agree but the, the buyout's nuts but he's happy he just got there he just got again released from fresno state not penitentiary, but it probably felt like it. <laughs> That's good. I like that one. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> what, what does Matt Rule have to say about his coaching future? Uh, do we have a little bit of the, uh, the uh, sleeveless wonder? Yeah, of course. All right. A little bit from Rule here about his future. It's been six weeks you know, since I blew a whistle. It's been six weeks since I had that whistle. And you only have that whistle at practice. You obviously don't have a whistle during the games. And so as I sit here now, I just I, I miss that whistle. I, I miss being at practice. I miss being with the guys. I miss I miss seeing something done wrong and like, hey, let, hey, hold on, let's stop it. Let's do it again. I miss teaching. You know, I, John Wooden had an impact on me at a, you know, at an early age, you know, just read him and then I was at UCLA and had a chance to meet him. And, you know, he, he always referred to coaching as teaching. And I miss teaching the game. I miss I miss be, being around the guys. I miss being in the locker room. I I have this great picture after that's in my office. You know, it's, it's me and Cam Irvin hugging after we beat the Saints this year. I mean, I I miss that. I miss those relationships. And so I don't know how long I'll be able to be away from football because, you know, I miss that. I love my family. They're my team right now, and they'll always be my team. But I also miss having that whistle. I also miss being on the practice field. I miss coaching. And so, you know, I, I hope and pray that that the time comes where I have a chance to do that again. I would give anything right now to be on a sideline today uh, i would give anything to be out there on a practice field today so so lean into it man enjoy it enjoy coaching today because like me you never know when it could be taken away so i look back at carolina fondly and very gratefully because i had a chance to coach um, i look ahead excitedly that in this moment right now man i miss thick i miss taking that whistle and going out to practice and coaching the guys and so 
there's a lot of programs that, that would give you a lot to, to come have a whistle one more time. Hail Varsity winds down hour one next. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Mitch Sherman, Hail Varsity Radio, Tuesday edition. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Get the podcast downloaded, different ways to do it. The full show, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and always subscribe to the Hail Varsity YouTube channel. You can see the and watch the full show there. Also, different segments you want, whether it's Coach McBride or Mitch Sherman, Bill Dolman, uh, whoever you like, that's uh, isolated for you as well to download Spotify, iTunes, Google Play with Hale Varsity Radio. Be sure to check out all of the Herdat family podcasts. What a great lineup, man. Just incredible talent with Herdat and uh, podcasts you'll uh, be sure to love. Brandon Vogel, of course, I-80 Preview, uh, Jacob Padilla, uh, Damon Benning, uh, of course, uh, is uh, as good as it gets. Aaron Sorensen, fantastic and, uh, man, uh, just uh, the talent you got in the rooms big time. You want to watch talent? You want to cross seeing something live off your bucket list? How about Red Zone tickets selling fun since 2001? And maybe you're trying to get rid of some seats. Red Zone tickets can help you with that as well, be it NFL or volleyball for the Huskers, uh, some NFL action, theater, college, World Series, concert seats. Man, there's some great events coming to CHI. Red Zone Tickets can take care of you. They are Omaha proud. They are local. They've earned that A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. 100% guarantee on all your orders, and you'll receive authentic tickets and experiences you'll never forget. Again, bucket list items. Uh, going to an event is so, so much fun. You'll never forget. And uh, a memory that does last a lifetime. Visit RedZoneTickets.com today. RedZoneTickets.com. So we have some input here from Brennan. DeBoer at Washington just got a four-star quarterback commit out of South Dakota, Pierre, South Dakota. Uh, been through Pierre a few times. And for that to happen, that's, uh, that's DeBoer's backyard. That's where he grew up in the... Uh, Black Hills State. So it should be noted this four-star quarterback. His name, Lincoln. Yes, Lincoln Kineholtz. Good name. Read into that what you will. Just got a quarterback commit named Lincoln, but he says he's not coming to Lincoln. You sure about that? Uh, Mitch. Mitch has <laughs> got his his people everywhere, and uh, is I, I loved his answer on Fickle though. With uh, that name kind of out of out of left field. But uh, if I'm if I'm a betting man, and and we'll we'll burn this tape if we're we're way off, but I'm I'm betting somewhere from the sunflower state, either Leipold or Kleiman. That's that's where your money is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I, I am you going outside the box higher. I am not going to put my money where my mouth is, but I still think it's some sort of left field name that we haven't been talking about enough. I'm, it's probably a name we've mentioned, but I think it's one of those tri- Bronco S Blanco. Well, I, I just think it's one of those names that Trev Alberts has had on his list for a couple months now and has always kind of had this plan. And I don't think the results of what people have done this season have mattered to Trev. Uh, that's what I'll say. I don't think that Matt Campbell it's having, an, a, having, a, it's, having it's a poor an season eye, it's, an eye, it's an eye test over your body of work. Yes, I, I, I 
don't think that Trev Alberts is going to so say, well, I liked I liked Matt Campbell until his season was bad. And that's why Matt Campbell is kind of you faded know, from Matt, our talking point. I liked point. Matt Campbell until he didn't have an offense. But, man, his defense played well, and they were in a lot of one-point games. Traditionally, they flip that around and win close ball games. So what I'm saying is I don't think Trev was looking at this season. I think it's going to be one of those names that we're not talking about because, well, they had a great year this year. I don't think it's going to be one of those names. Well, Andy Markowski, uh, we'll get into some Husker and Creighton hoops. Jacob Padilla and Quentin Newsom next hour. Your child has brain cancer. Can you imagine hearing those words about your own child? Nearly 5,000 families each year hear this life-changing diagnosis and live daily with the fear it brings. When a child is diagnosed with brain cancer, their lives are forever changed. The treatments used to treat children are toxic and cause damage to their developing bodies that can affect them for the rest of their lives. 95% of children who survive brain cancer will develop a significant health condition by the age of 45 as a direct result of the toxic treatments. This includes diagnosis of another cancer later in life or other countless deadly health problems. Our kids are special, and we need to treat them that way. By making a donation to the Team Jack Foundation, you fund research that leads to safer, more effective treatments giving kids hope. You can be the difference. You can fund the cure. Join us and donate today by visiting teamjackfoundation.org. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmidt underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Back into it, it's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Some basketball thoughts before we get back to Nebraska and Iowa. We welcome in uh, standout Husker Hall of Famer, the pride of Ord, Andy Markowski, back with us. Talk some Husker hoops. Get his thoughts on Creighton as well, at Markowski underscore Andy, where you find him on Twitter. Andy, uh, do you got the turkey all... Uh, Purchase? Do you go ham? You go green bean casserole? What's the what's the repertoire for Thursday? Well, I, yeah, well, I a uh, little little turkey, but a little prime rib as well. So uh, try to try to try to do it right. And uh, no, it doesn't doesn't feel like Thanksgiving as we're looking at a sixty four degree day here, but uh, but we'll take it. I'm excited for the weekend. Uh, you are right. Do you share the prime rib? Yeah, I uh, I do. I, I I tend to buy too much, you know, which is always a good problem. So leftovers is is, is good on Saturday and Sunday as well. So. Uh, good work. I like the uh, the prime rib v turkey uh, discussion. If the leftovers are more than you can handle, I mean, feel I free to drop them by my place. <laughs> I got I got more than enough room in my fridge. <laughs> well, I just no longer a poor college student, but uh, he's a young man that is always all good about. Uh, uh, any sort of uh, extra, free food. Extra, free food. That's that's. We'll just cut to it. Free food. Yep. But uh, Nebraska gets going Thursday. Uh, they take on Oklahoma. Want to start there, and you know Nebraska showed some poise and a good bounce back against Pine Bluff. Uh, their last outing, a tough one, tough to watch, tough to. To, to deal with uh, against St. John's. But your assessment right now, Nebraska's gotten off to a better start than in past years. What do you think of the roster? What do you think of this crew so far? Yes, yeah, c- certainly it's, it's, it's different than, than last year's group. I, I think it's a team that, um, you know, the pieces fit. Um, 
you know, I, I think they're playing together. I, I think their shot selection's better. I think they're a little, you know, positionally they're they're longer than they were a year ago. So, you know, I think they're rebounding better. Um, you know, unfortunately, I think their schedule is is, is really challenging uh, in the non-conference. And last year, they you know they had some tough games, but I thought there were some some winnable teams uh, you know last year on their on their schedule. So I, you know, I, I think this group um, you know has a chance. I, I think their margins uh, small, but I think Vandermeer and and Greece will give you a, a chance at the one and the two. Um, you know, certainly Gary has shown signs, and you know, uh, not having a Walker for for the first part of the season has really hurt them. Um, you know, Blaze Keita is, is certainly able to, to play and the physicality will help them in the Big Ten. But Walker gives them so much more versatility. You know, offensively, he's a pressure release for them in the half court. They can run a lot of cutting and splitting uh, in behind him. So, you know, not having him in the, in the St. John's game, you need pressure, you need, you need guards. But really, they needed some pressure release in the half court and Walker would have really helped them in that game. So, you know, I, I do think they'll have him back. Um, you know, it's not announced, but I, I think he's looking at a couple more games being out, and then you know potentially could play the last game in Orlando. Um, so you, you know, you had him in the mix, and you know, I, I think they have a chance. I, you know, they're they're not going to win the league, but I, I think it's a team that you're going to like watching, and a team that's going to get better as the season plays on. Andy, tell me a little bit about the impact of Sam Greasel in this team. He's been a different style of point guard than what we've seen in the past couple of years, from Cam Mack to Alonzo Verge. Greasel's a different style of guy, a guy who's willing to post up and be a change of pace. Always got his eyes across the floor. He's been dishing out some nice passes. He had a couple great passes to, uh, to Blaze in that game on Sunday. And I want to get your take just on what his impact within this team has been with his style of play. Yeah, I, I certainly think he's been a great addition. Um, you know, last year's point guard was, was kind of a shoot first. Uh, you know, Burge was kind of probably out of position, really playing the point. You know, Sam has, has developed himself into a into a really good point guard. He's able to, you know, come off a lot of the ball screens and has great vision at six seven. You know, very willing passer. Um, you know, Hoiberg is is so creative offensively. I, I think if you look at the second half of the Pine Bluff game the other night, they you know they had a great. A mismatch and ended up putting him in the post in the second half and, and, and really getting them going offensively. So I, I think they can use him, you know, in some different ways. The, the St. John's game, you know, uh, was it was probably the, the, the worst ball handling I, I've seen Sam uh, have. I mean, he normally doesn't turn the basketball over, but the pressure in that game was probably more than, than he has seen. So he'll adjust to that as well. But, you know, he's a leader. He's a Lincoln kid. He wants to be uh, – at Nebraska, he wants to wear a Husker uniform. Um, you know, he, he, he talks about all of that, which, you know, I think is great. And the more of those kids you can have in the program, you know, I think makes for, for you know, the fans that want to come and watch them. And, and I think it makes it play harder to represent Nebraska and, and the state. And, you know, being, being a Lincoln kid, it means a lot to him. Andy Markowski with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. Andy, you look at, at some of the, the first four ball games with Greasel and then Wiltshire leading the team in scoring. Tominaga uh, led the way against St. John's. And then, and then Gary uh, had a, a fantastic game. He was able to lead the way. Do you like the versatility? And more so, is that portable? Do you think Nebraska can have uh, different variations of, of, of a leading score and be successful? Yeah, I do. I don't think they're real deep. Chris, I, I think they have seven when they get Walker back. I, I think they have seven that can play in the Big Ten, but they can they can play different ways. I mean, Wilhelm can play the the four at six eleven alongside Walker. I mean, you could go small, you could go athletic with Gary. You know, at the four, you can you know you can move Gary up to the three. 
and 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 go big with. Uh, so I, I do think they have some versatility. Uh, Wiltshire and you know Terminaga, I think are 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 been uh, they're benefiting from having a pass first point guard. And Bandamel is very unselfish as well. So I think they're playing. You know their shots are, are more comfortable. They know you know they know they're getting shots. Where last year I think they took some bad shots because they they didn't know if the ball was going to come back to them with Verge and McGowan. So I, I think they're more comfortable. Their shooting percentages are up. Um, so I, I do think this team has a chance to be versatile, and and that can travel. Um, however, uh, you know I think this week is uh, you know weekend is tough. They got um, you know potentially Memphis. Uh, uh, in, in the second round, you know they have South Creighton coming up. They, uh, um, you know, they get Indiana, Purdue, the first round of the Big Ten. So, you know, uh, I, I do think they're better. They're more fun to watch. Uh, but, but wins, you know, their margin's pretty small. They're going to have to you know, make some winning plays, and uh, you know they, they've shown some resiliency of uh, playing a really good half uh, at St. John's, and then you know really their backs are, you know, against the ropes against Pine Bluff. Not that Pine Bluff is a great team, but but in years past those teams have. have uh, you know, have come back to beat us. Uh, we haven't had the the toughness and the steadiness to, to uh, survive a, a challenge from a team. So, you know, so far this team is, is making enough plays to win games, and, you know, that's what basketball is about. Andy, quickly tell me about this weekend. Oklahoma is uh, coming up on Thursday. It's down in Orlando, the ESPN Events Invitational. Then either Memphis or Seton Hall on Friday, depending on what the Huskers do on Thursday. We'll, we'll see what happens later in the weekend. But what do you want to see from this Husker basketball team this weekend? I know you said the margins are, are pretty thin for wins and losses. But, but what do you want to see from the team this weekend? And what do you consider a, a successful weekend for this team? Yeah, you know, Oklahoma is a winnable game. I mean, Porter Mosier is, is in his second year. Um, I, I don't know their roster very well. You know, a typical second year, I think he turned over, a, a, you know, a lot of players with the transfer portal. You know, it's a good matchup for us. They they have really struggled scoring um, so far this season. I think they're averaging in the mid-60s. And, you know, offensively, um, you know, we, we're very capable of scoring 77-74. So I, I do think that first-round game is – is a good matchup for us. Traditional uh, Christmas or uh, Thanksgiving weekend, right? Nebraska, Oklahoma on, on the TV. So, so that'll be fun to, to watch that. And then, you know, uh, you know, Seton Hall went through a coaching you know, change as well, and, and Memphis is, is is very talented. So you you know you take your chances against either of those. But you know, the goal would be to go two and one. I mean, if, if you're you know if you're making progress uh, as a program. Um, anytime you do these uh, three-day, uh, three-game tournaments, I mean, you want to get out of there with a winning record. So, you know, if you win the first one, you know, lose the second one, you'd play for third or fourth against a team that is, is probably your level. Um, so I, I think 2-1 and one is, 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 you know, respectable, and, and this team should, you know, be asking themselves how, how, how do you win in the non-conference and, you know, try to go 500 in the league. I, I don't think that's asking too much for a Nebraska program to, to have those expectations. Andy Markowski is with us at Tail Varsity Radio, college basketball on our mind. Uh, Creighton, uh, an impressive win against Texas Tech. And Creighton's been a team that's been uh, uber-athletic over the years. But uh, Tech is very physical. I know uh, the, the, the blueprint is still down there in Lubbock from what's been successful. And Creighton found a way to, to win a physical ball game. Uh, last night, Arkansas tonight, Texas looms, and then Nebraska. But is Creighton, to your eyes, as good as advertised? There's a lot of hype around them this year, and I know they got some dudes. But uh, do you think right now uh, they are living up to the billing early on? 
Yeah, I, I watched that game yesterday, and, and I, I do, Chris. I, I think they're, um, you know, have as much talent as, as you know, probably anybody in, in the country in terms of, you know, guards, shooters, you know, size, athleticism. Um, you know, maybe they have, they have too many, right? Sometimes that can, can work against you. But, um, you know, Texas Tech is a hard team to, to play against. And, you know, McDermott ended up playing kind of two-point guards and, and, and took advantage of some of the switching in the second half. And, you know, he's such a creative offensive coach, and you give him that many, you know, tools and versatility, they're, they're going to be, uh, you know, extremely hard uh, to play against. And, you know, a, a team that, you know, I think as you're looking at March, they're certainly a second weekend team, you know, to go beyond that, you know, you got to get a little lucky, stay healthy, all that. But um, to my eye, I, I, I think they'll handle Arkansas tonight. Arkansas is pretty young, lost a lot of guys off that roster. Um, and then, like you said, they'll they'll have a chance to play for a Maui championship, which is, you know, pretty impressive tournament to, to, to have a chance to win. Let's talk about Shireman, his size and, and what he can do as a ball handler with their tempo. And Is he just a, a perfect piece for this team? Yeah, he's a complimentary piece. You know, I, I think there's been times that um, I've watched them. Uh, I'm trying to think of a couple other non-conference games at home. I watched them, and, you know, he's not going to get 14 or 15 shots. Um, you know, I, I think coming from South Dakota State, he, he was a volume shooter uh, when he kind of had the green light. I mean, you know, there's there's games I, I think he's missed three or four or five in a row where he's going to have to pick his spots. But, you know, extremely talented. You know, you play him with Neimhardt, and, you know, those are our two really good guards that are very different, right? One's a little downhill fast, and Charman's, you know, crafty with the basketball, can shoot with range. Um, but, yeah, he, he was a great addition uh, to, you know, an already pretty talented team. And, you know, like I said, it pains me to, to, to say it, right? I mean, I, uh, yeah, I'd love to see Nebraska you know, have a chance to beat Creighton, but, but I think this is the best team McDermott has had there. Andy, quickly before we get you out here, a couple minutes left. Let's uh, go to your daughter and the women's basketball team. They had a, a, a tough stretch of road games over the past week as they dropped a couple, but they have a great chance at a get-right game tonight. Tell me a little about that team, the, the growing process throughout the season, and what you've seen from them. Yeah, certainly not the the, the start they wanted. Um, you know, I, I think there's some some reasons for that and some optimism moving forward that they can get some things corrected. Um, you know, losing that Creighton and Drake, both both of those teams are. Are, are really talented and you know tough tough matchups for how we're built uh, to to play in the Big Ten with uh, some front line size. But you know Sam Hybe, uh being out has really impacted this team maybe more than what people would think. You know she was their best on ball defender. Uh, she's probably their best true point guard, getting downhill, getting teammates shots. Um, so without without her, they they've tried to maybe play some. Some other guards, uh, maybe out of position, a, a, a touch, which I think has impacted our offensive rhythm. But Sam's going to going to play tonight, um, and you know I think as the the week progresses, they go to Puerto Rico on Friday and and, and play a game, and then they have Mississippi State Saturday. Um, so getting Sam back is is really probably the, the piece that's going to get them more comfortable offensively, help them athleticism, uh, help their athleticism on the perimeter defensively. Um, so I do think they can, you know, get a win tonight, and, and then hopefully go to Puerto Rico and get two, and then they set up for uh, a top ten matchup against Virginia Tech in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. But don't don't hit the panic button yet. Um, you know, I, I think this this team is, uh, you know, they, they've uh, even though they had a lot back, they have a lot of new pieces playing in some different positions. So you know, I think they'll get things figured out, and uh, you know, have have a chance to be right in the thick of things once the Big Ten gets there. 
Andy, how's uh, how's Pius looking this year, bud? Yeah, we we got a lot of uh, players back from from uh, you know twenty one season last year, and uh, you know we first the first weekend, so you know how that first week goes. You uh, throw a lot at them, and they've responded well. And you know I think most of uh, uh, high school basketball play a jamboree game this Friday and Saturday, so you know super excited to, to see high school season kick off. Eddie Markowski with his uh, Husker standout and. Uh, giving us the insight on Husker uh, basketball and the uh, women's game tonight. And the spread for Thanksgiving dinner. Don't forget yeah, about that. Yeah, we, we got the prime rib and the turkey at the Markowski household. Eddie, best to you and your fam. Have a great uh, turkey day, and thanks for a few minutes today. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Take care. Good stuff from Eddie Markowski. We'll talk some more hoops and uh, football with Jacob Padilla next. And then Quinn Newsom will join us. Big Game Boomer put out the... Most popular Thanksgiving food for every college football fan base. Not shocking, corn comes in for Nebraska. Uh, Canned cranberry sauce for Alabama. Uh, Gluten-free rolls for all those Colorado fans. (laughs) Uh, Pecan pie for Georgia fans. Garlic cream cheese corn for Kansas fans. Wheat rolls for... K-State. A lot of gravy for Mississippi State fans. Uh, Cajun fried turkey for LSU fans. Oven baked squirrel for the win in West Virginia. Ah. <laughs> Jacob Badilla's next to Tail Varsity presented by Currency. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hail Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hail Varsity radio show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back to you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Quentin Newsom in about 15 minutes. Uh, breaking news on Lane Kiffin. This from a reputable source, Christopher Gabriel out of uh, ESPN Fresno. Lane Kiffin plans to step down as the Rebels coach today. Head to London to become the King of England after King Charles abruptly abdicated his throne to take over the job at Auburn. Both uh, sides deny reports. Story to come? Yeah, sto- stories <laughs> on the way. <laughs> Jacob Badilla with us as he's done a great job all year covering prep sports and, of course, Nebraska basketball, Nebraska volleyball. And uh, on the, uh, the prep beat tonight uh, with Class B final getting going a little bit after 7. Jacob, let's talk Class A. Gretna Westside, we touched on it with Mitch a little bit earlier. You follow these programs and a lot of the Metro all season long. And uh, your takeaway, uh, what a shootout, what a finish. Yeah, just I think my main takeaway is just how much talent there was on that field. Um, just so many game-breaking plays, big swings. It was offense, defense, special teams. Uh, there are just so many big-time players on that field, and it was so much fun to watch. That That's the uh, kind of finale that I think this season deserved uh, for a Class A um, season that it looked like there was going to be 
uh, four, five, six maybe teams that would be in the mix at the end, but ultimately it had to be those two, and they put on a show for the agents. What a show it was, and to, to bring it back home to local recruiting, and is this as good as you've seen the in-state talent be for Nebraska? I, I think so. Um, I mean, the, the, the offers themselves, like just the sheer number of Power 5 offers, uh, I, I think would indicate that, um, just the, in terms of the depth. I guess we'll see mm-hmm. in the top end and how some of these guys stack up to some of the best players that have come through the state, but in terms of just the sheer number of players that all have a chance to, to play at the next level, at the highest level uh, in college, um, we haven't, we're up to double digits, I, I think, for guys with offers. Uh, many of them have already committed, few of them still hanging out there. Um, so, yeah, it's, and you, you look at the underclassmen, obviously, Westside, they, a lot of their best players are going to be back next year. They were juniors and sophomores with, with Caleb Benning, who, was probably the story of that game if it, outside of Tristan Albano. Um, and Christian Jones, who had a really good game defensively for Westside, uh, just a sophomore. Um, Anthony Rezac, obviously, at quarterback um, with Flores moving on and some of the other senior quarterbacks. He'll be, he'll be one of uh, the best in the state next year. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the talent right now is um, it, it's just ridiculous and a lot of fun to watch. Jacob, but with the benefit of hindsight, how do you rate Scott Frost's in-state recruiting efforts during his time as head coach? Because you, you can go back, it, it's, it's a little bit loaded, because you go back early in his tenure, and he got some dudes from Nick Henrich to, to Garrett Nelson. He kept some in-state talent around, but then within the past two years, he started losing some of that top end uh, of the in-state talent to out-of-state schools. So with the benefit of hindsight now, what we know about some of these guys, how do you rate his in-state recruiting efforts? Uh, yeah, I think well, I, I think they did a good job of kind of capitalizing on the excitement of Frost taking over and who he was and just everything that went along with that um, to have that early success. I um, mean, you, you had some Lincoln kids in there, you had some outstate kids in the mix as well, and then you did get those guys out of home, Omaha, which um, as we've seen recently hasn't <laughs> has not been as easily for for them uh, for the program down in Lincoln. So um, that I mean. In the last few years, I, I just don't know that they kept up the effort. Um, they kept up the, the, the proper evaluation, the, the relationship building with the coaches, with the people around the sport that, that know who, who the best players are and um, who is coming up the ranks and all those type of things. So um, they just weren't able to sustain uh, that, that initial wave of excitement that I think led to some early success. And, I mean, the, the less success you have on the field, the less you have to sell, whether it's to in-state recruits or, or not. Um, just, it just gets harder and harder to recruit the, the, the less amount of success, the, the fewer wins you have each year. Um, so it definitely definitely wasn't good enough. There's some major misses, obviously. I think Zane Flores is the one that everybody's talking about. But there, there have been some offers that have gone out since Stoss has been fired to where like, members of the staff are like, why, why did this kid not have an offer previously? Or how long did, like, why did it take this long? Even a guy like Tristan Alvano um, got that, that PWO offer bumped up to a scholarship offer after uh, just fantastic performance in the state title game. Um, so you're, just, you're definitely seeing since Mickey Joseph has taken over, like more of an honest effort put into local recruiting. Um, and hopefully for, for Nebraska, that, that'll pay off for whoever's 
and carry over to whoever ends up taking over the program here, which we should know hopefully soon. That's where I'm going next, Jacob. Is there a name you like, you think's a fit? Not really. I've never really had someone in this. I, I, I just haven't gotten too into the weeds with it because, like, every name that I've heard, there are a few that right away are just, like, not not really interested in that. But, I mean, most of the names in the conversations, like, I can make an argument for why it would work. I can make an argument like, uh, this has me work. Um, but ultimately, they just need to go get, go hire a good coach that knows how to develop and knows how to do things the right way. And then we'll see what happens once you can get this program stabilized. Well, uh, That's what they need, someone that can stabilize it. On the flip side, Jacob, have you heard any names out there that have just been rumored and floated around that just make you go, no, that's not a fit, that's not going to happen? Uh, well, Urban Meyer, um, that obviously that one early on <laughs> was the big one. Well, it's, it's gained steam again within the past week. <laughs> yeah. At this point, I, I, I don't, I don't think anybody knows anything. And if any real information out there seems to be uh, shrouded by misinformation around that, just with the sheer amount of talk about the, the situation. Uh, so I don't think we'd be able to identify what is real and what isn't, even if there is something real out there at this point. So, um, I, I'm just kind of ready for it to be this time next week, and hopefully we'll we'll know what the what the decision is. You and me both, Jacob. Let's talk Husker basketball. Big one against Oklahoma, maybe Memphis as well, and then Creighton looms. Uh, initial take on Fred and in, in this early part of the year. Yeah, um, they they definitely they failed their first test against another high major with that St. John's game last week. Um, obviously, the first half wasn't pretty, but they hung in there. Um, you kind of saw some of the things that they talked about in the offseason that um, they were trying to build the, the team around, and, and then the second half happened, and all the good things went away, and all the problems you thought this team might have reared their heads all at once, and they just didn't have an answer. So the question now is how much of that is what we're going to see uh, against the best teams moving forward, and how much of that can they improve? Obviously, a, a return for Derek Walker would change things dramatically. Um, it's not like he's a 20 and 10 All-American type, but just for what he means to this team. And Fred talked about it again today a little bit. Just he is that kind of pressure release, that that outlet for their ball handlers because they do lack ball handling. You saw that at St. John's game. Sam Grito was the only guy that you could really that could put any kind of pressure at all that could handle the ball uh, against the defense. And um, anytime he tried to do it, like they swarmed him and there was a lot of turnovers. And anytime he gave it up, they weren't able to really get it back to him in positions to, to be um, a stressor for the defense. Um, so they got to figure that out, uh, particularly uh, while Walker remains out. Um, and uh, Oklahoma will be the, the next chance to kind of show that against another high major team. They, they've struggled so far this year. They're 3-1. and one. Uh, they, they lost um, a game they probably shouldn't have. They, they barely got by Pine Bluff. That was a close game, I believe. Um, so it's it's another team that's kind of struggling. They've got a few names that, I mean, uh, Grant Shorefield, their point guard, Nebraska lost to him with Nevada a couple of years ago. Um, so that'll be a familiar face. And then uh, Tanner Groves, um, Eastern Kentucky, or Washington transfer that, that joined them last year. So those will be the main guys that, that Nebraska is going to have to find a way to slow down and deal with. Um, but I, I think it's a good kind of litmus test for, for both of these teams who both struggled. They, they both got some interesting players, but they got to see if we can put together and get a win. 
Jacob Bedell is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Jacob, there's obviously still some issues within this team. I think that was evidenced by that St. John's game. But what issues have you seen Fred Hoiberg clean up? I know the, the ones that stand out to me right off the bat. Rebounding and defense both look better. Not perfect, but look better than they have in, in years past. What have you seen in terms of things that Fred Hoiberg has taken notes on in years past and, and gone out and fixed this year? Yeah, um, I think you, you hit on the main ones. The, the effort, the, the length, the, the physical ability on defense is, is better. They still lack lateral quickness, uh, and I think that kind of pops up at times. Um, we'll see how that, that holds up once you get into conference play against more dynamic guards. But they, they are rebounding the ball much better. They, they've been aggressive on the offensive glass, like Hoiberg said they'd be. Um, that, that has been a weapon for the team. And um, I, I think they they're trying to move the ball a little bit better. It doesn't stick quite as much. Um, I mean, part of that is just based on the personnel. You don't have a guy as dynamic with the ball in his hands as uh, an Alonzo Verge or even Bryce McGowan. So you have to do it by team. And um, that's kind of what we've seen a little bit so far. Sam Griesel is a guy that uh, will initiate, will, will try to make plays for others, and will kind of let the game come to him. He's not really going to try to force it too much, particularly early on in the game. Uh, he wants to give it up. He wants to get it back, try to get downhill, make a play for somebody else. So I, I think those are some of the areas where you're seeing them play a little bit better basketball, um, but they haven't been able to, to do that against high major. We saw kind of the once uh, St. John's picked up that pressure, everything kind of fell apart in, in that second half. So we got to see here if uh, they're able to uh, sustain the, the positive gains that they've made uh, against more high major competition. Jacob, about 90 seconds, but uh, Creighton's Achilles heel this year will be what? Uh, health, I guess. Uh, we already saw Ryan Kalkbrenner. That's kind of what I worry about today going into that, that Arkansas game with, with Kalkbrenner rolling his ankle twice in that game yesterday. Sounds like he's going to give it a go, but how effective will he be? Um, I, I think the three-point shooting was a question going into the year, but since a really bad first game, they, they shot 41% in, in their, all their games since. And you're getting make from multiple guys all over the, the court. So um, I, I think, like it is with anybody, health. Um, and then we'll see how they defend dynamic wings, um, like an Anthony Black 6-7 kind of combo guard that they'll see for Arkansas tonight. Uh, because personnel-wise, I think th- that could be somewhere where teams can stress them a little bit just based on what they have. Jacob, 15 seconds, Class B state title game tonight. What's your lean on paper? Who do you think has the advantage? Um, I'd probably go Bennington just uh, because of their depth. Uh, Gross has a lot of guys that play both ways all game long, where Bennington doesn't. Um, so I just feel like if it's a game into the fourth corner, you could see that, that depth really kind of go give Bennington an advantage to, to really finish the game. Um, but it should be a fun with a lot of dynamic running on both sides, with Nick Colbert and Jake Garcia. Jacob Adilla, and uh, follow him at Jacob Adilla underscore. Read his recaps, hailvarsity.com. Jacob, have a great Thanksgiving, bud. Yep, you guys too. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Few minutes here, Hail Varsity Radio. Quentin Newsom with this uh, corner for Nebraska. Quentin, what's the uh, mindset heading into Iowa? Uh, the mindset um, heading into Iowa is just clean up all the mistakes uh, we had previously um, within the last couple of games, and just you know go out there and dominate, and just play fast, fly around, and just um, do what we do, and just fight. 
how have you uh, kind of assessed your play? What's the feedback you've gotten from coaches, uh, Coach Fish and company, with uh, with your performance this year? You're your own critic, I get that, but overall, what's the feedback been? Uh, the feedback has been um, great from my coaches and my teammates. Just uh, knowing the role that I had to step into uh, coming into the season and just being able to, um, you know, just lock down a side of the um, defense. Uh, I feel like, you know, I really stepped up um, and just, you know, played my role. And, you know, it, it really helps out when I had a support of my teammates and my coaches, you know, having faith in me. Who uh, provided some of that support? Who helped your confidence? Uh, I would say uh, Coach Fish, um, just majority of the coaches and almost all my guys in the secondary, uh, mainly my corners, though, you know, because we always with each other. Just, you know, we always support each other no matter what. Tell me about that that transition for you from a guy that played really good snaps a year ago mm-hmm. to having to step into that role with some guys that are now playing on Sundays. Did you put extra pressure on yourself, or are you able to to soak it in, take it in, and, and step in the right way? Uh, I would say I, I just had to, you know, soak it in, um, just just step into it, just because I I, I watched uh, the older guys and how they moved and. Um, just just making sure that I, I set the tone for the younger guys, letting letting them know that some things are, you know, okay, but there's certain stuff you, you're not allowed to do. And, um, you know, whether that's on or off the field, just, you know, being there for them, whether it's um, if they need something, whether it comes to football or something outside of football. Quentin Newsom, a few minutes with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. Were you comfortable with that, that elder statesman role, that leadership role? Oh, yeah, I, I would say uh, I, I was comfortable. Um, it was something I had to, you know, uh, just – just kind of get used to uh, just having them uh, six-year guys around. You know, it, it wasn't really something that I had to do vocally. It was just some, you know, just lead by example. But, you know, um, as the season has been going on, you know, I, I really became a great vocal leader for this defense. How did guys respond to that? Um, it, it was nothing bad. Uh, they just accepted it. Um, you know, they just because the level of respect, you know, the guys have for me. And, um, you know, the respect is always mutual. Um, so, yeah. Why do you think they have that? Uh, is it from your performance? Is it pretty much a consistency? Why do guys uh, accept your your voice like they do? Um, I would say um, performance and just you know the preparation that they see me doing. Um, you know, just you know, even um, before the season started, when we were doing workouts during the summer, um, just just going hard every day and just not not letting up at all. So. Um, you know, those guys really, they really saw me um, step into that role and just, they just supported me. Uh, we haven't looked back since. Playing opposite uh, Hartsog, uh, what do you think of uh, the young pup? Oh, uh, that's, uh, I call him my grandbaby. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that, that's you know, man, it's, it's just, you know, it's great seeing him go out here and ball. Just, uh, man, it, it just makes me real happy just being able to see him go out there and do his thing, you know. Um, and he's a freshman, you know, seeing him step into that, uh, you know, the stage wasn't too big for him. He just went out there and did what he knows, and he just plays fast and, you know, flies around and um, he makes plays. So, you know, I'm very proud of him. Grandbaby, does he like that name? Uh, he, he accepts it. He don't, he, don't, he don't say too much about it. So, yeah, I, I would say he likes it. <laughs> Defensively, you, know, you guys have made quite a jump this year. How's the morale been uh, coach Mick says you guys are a family so there's no finger pointing but defense has been playing at, at, at a very high level 
What have you seen from from the offense that gives you some hope here to, to end the season? Um, I just see, you know, them guys hungry. You know, they, you know, they hungry. They, they felt like they didn't do what they were supposed to do last week. Just, um, you know, they hungry to get back on the field and execute. And just no matter what players call, they're ready to execute. They trying to compete, um, make players on the ball, and just do their job. What's the season been like for you? Um, I, I would say, um, you know, it's, it's 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 been it's been hard just because you know we haven't been getting the outcomes we've been wanting, but um. Man, this team has, you know, so much, so much potential. But I mean, is we we gotta make sure that everybody sees that we gotta display the potential. We gotta come out with victories. Um, so I mean, it's been a rough season. Um, but you know, the team stays together, so that's a good thing. What's Iowa? What's Iowa, Nebraska mean to you? Um, you know, uh, you know, I'm not from here, but you know, as soon as I got out of here, uh, you know, I just felt the Iowa, Nebraska hate going on so um since my freshman year has really been like I don't like Iowa so you know um you know this is this is this is a big uh rivalry um and you know I'm, I'm glad to be a part of that and just you know come out here ready to play them boys what's unique about Iowa what what do you respect most about Iowa uh I would say just you know they got some dogs over there um just, just guys who play hard and you know are disciplined and they do stuff right. They they don't make a lot of mistakes. So I, I would say that's what I respect. Quentin Newsom with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Nebraska, Iowa Week, Thanksgiving question. You get to pick one or draft one item of Thanksgiving food. What are you mm. picking? Ah, just one. Uh, I would uh, for the meat. I would say ham. But if I had to pick a side, I would have to say mac and cheese. Do you do mac and cheese? Yeah, I do mac and cheese. All right, well, tell me how you do your mac and cheese. Oh, What's you say, do I make it? Yeah, do you oh, make nah, it? Nah, nah. <laughs> nah, I don't make it. My mom would be making it. It'd be real good. All right, well, tell me what's so special about mom's. Oh, man, it's just like, you know, so it got like the perfect amount of cheese. And it's just like thick, and it's like when I mix it with my other food and stuff, you know, it's just real good. I like her greens too, so okay. yeah. Is it a little crusty on top or no? Uh, it's just it's like it's just like it's a little, just a little bit, but it's not like crunchy. You okay. see what I'm saying? So it's like perfect. Sure, yeah. Sure. Uh, ham over turkey. Ham over turkey. Yeah. Ham over. Turkey. But, okay. Uh, have you ever, have you had uh, smoked turkey before? I have. I, I like smoked turkey. Okay. I do like smoked turkey. Me and uh, me and Braxton Clark was having this uh, argument the other day, talking about turkey and ham. So, you yay or nay on green bean casserole? Ah, uh, nay. I, I'm not a casserole type of guy. So, I, I mean, I, uh, it's, and I'm picky too, kind of. So, like, it's, it's a lot of stuff that I just won't eat. Jello casserole? No. No. Pumpkin pecan? Nah. You won't do the pumpkin or pecan pie? I don't eat pumpkin or pecans. So what's your pie? My pie. My pie. See, I don't I don't I don't really eat pies like that. My my grandma be making peach cobbler and stuff like that. That's see weird. see like I am a cobbler type of guy or like, you know, just like different type of cakes and stuff. Okay. You know? Yeah. Hey, have a good uh good game uh Friday. Thanks for the time. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Good Turkey Day talk there with Quentin Newsom and football too. His uh, his mom's mac and cheese undefeated. We would put up against Elijah Herbal's mac and cheese. Oh, it's probably better. That's okay. It's we will okay. say this, uh, Kalen DeBoer extension. 
Ralph Russo from the AP reporting it uh, through 2028, and he got bumped from 3.1 to 5.5 million. New buyout, $12 million until 2025. So, what Mitch said stays. <laughs> Don't have to burn the tape. Don't have to burn the tape. We'll wind out a Tuesday next. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, big thanks to Mitch Sherman, Jacob Padilla, Andy Markowski, Quinn Newsom. And uh, tomorrow on the show, we'll spend time, Scott Docterman of The Athletic to talk Nebraska, Iowa, Gary Barnett, a Wednesday appearance. Mike Babcock will join us. And uh, tip of the cap to Ben Brommer. Man, what a job by the tight end out of Pierce. 249 yards receiving three touchdowns. The hat trick. And yes, 249 yards receiving in a state title game is a record, at least uh, among Class C1. Yeah, and just a phenomenal uh, win by Pierce over Aurora. Aurora, great football team as well, 42-14. Uh, Hale Varsity is uh, presented by your friends at Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. And a few last-minute uh, stops, perhaps, to, uh, to get things handled for your Turkey Day dinner on Thursday, can send an email. Numbers to get in as well at 466-3776-800-825-5865 or the email chris at hailvarsity.com. Follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio and for Elijah at Herbal Essence. Get buckled up. A reminder, hands on the wheel, eyes and mind straight ahead. The driver, one job, that's to drive a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Quick thought from Mickey Joseph. Uh, on uh, Nebraska's morale level, that's been pretty steadfast for uh, every player we've talked to the last six weeks, and no change from Mickey uh, from the motion from the from the mention. We got one mission left, one game, and I, I expect and I know our boys will come out and give full effort this last game. A lot of pride. Last last game playing with some of their brothers, so. I expect them to come out and play tough and be resilient through the whole game. Well, that's what you want. Have you uh, gotten to, uh, to, uh, to upset Whisper yet or no? No. No. <laughs> uh, simply put, no. Uh, it, it comes down to what I said in the, uh, the postgame show on Saturday. I know that the role of spoiler is something special and it does get you juiced up to go play, but the the influence of, you know, playing for a potential berth in a conference title game outweighs the role of playing spoiler. And Iowa is a team that has gotten better and better through every single game as the year has gone on, particularly their offense. We made a lot of jokes about their offense about six weeks ago. Well, their offense, it's still not great, um, but I'd go as far as say it's been better than what Nebraska had without Casey Thompson. Sure. No, don't disagree at all. So this, this, is, this is going to be a case of you know, neither of these teams are going to be able to move the football. I think there's going to be some offense in this football game, actually, because with Casey being back, I know Iowa's defense is great, but I think there are some matchup problems Nebraska mm-hmm. can exploit. It's not on the ground. Hate to break it to you, run the damn ball fan. Um, and as for no, you're going to chuck it around because your your weather conditions, Black Friday, uh, very 
very appreciative, 45 to 50 degrees, but wind only going to be 5 to 10 miles per hour. And as for Iowa's offense, uh, they're going to wear on Nebraska's defense. That's what they've done for years. That's what they've kind of turned to, a lot more play action for Spencer Petras. They're going to wear on Nebraska's defense. Nebraska's defense is going to get tired as they have in every Laporte game is year out, or though. so. That's good news. The tight end, yeah. Yeah, he's not available. Back tomorrow, loaded up before you hit the buffet table. And uh, we'll talk to you at 4 tomorrow with Hale Varsity, presented by Currency. A Huda Media Production.